you have a good drive. Like I want to give you a shot. But it was all because he was testing me. I didn't even know. So he tells somebody when he first used to meet somebody, he would tell them like, hey, like do this. This will really help you. And if you didn't do that by the second time he meets with you, he would never meet with you again because it's just a waste of time, right? Like something so simple as reading a book. If you didn't read a book, like how would you make a business decision, dude? Like that's yeah. crazy. So <laughs> did you do that to me? Maybe. Oh my God, bro. I'm scared. <laughs> no. My whole, I'm, I'm trying to like evaluate. I was like, did he tell me to do something? Like, have I done it? I, <laughs> I definitely did. What is up, Sarby Studios podcast? You know me, my name is Ben, and today I am here with my business partner, actually, Nicholas Goldberg. Nick, do you want to introduce yourself really quick? Just tell the audience who you are, what you do, why you're ugly, you know, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going on, guys? I'm Nick Goldberg. So I started a marketing company earlier this year with Ben and another friend of ours. Uh, we just kind of been focused on growing that. I've been an entrepreneur for the past, I'd say, about three years now. Had my ups and downs, started a few companies, and it's uh, kind of what I've been doing. As far as why I'm ugly, I was born this way, so I can't really with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, as far as calling Justin our friend, that's a bit of a stretch, too. <laughs> just kidding. Fuck that, dude. Justin, <laughs> I see this is like, motherfucker. <laughs> I hate these two. <laughs> oh, my God. He's not even here. He can't even defend himself. No, Nick. So, <laughs> um, I've been wanting to do this podcast for a while with my boy, Nick, because the way we met was kind of weird. We didn't, we didn't meet yeah. in person. Well, no, we did meet in person, but it was really like brief and we didn't even get to talk that was when justin you, you and justin <laughs> came down to iowa state yeah uh, mm -hmm. it was very it wasn't like very official so the first time we officially met nick really told me about his background and it's probably one of the most unique backgrounds i've ever heard especially because if you meet him you would never guess this is back this is his background so uh today nick i wanted you to kind of tell us about that and tell us your journey because it's definitely worth the listen yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, before I go into that, too, it was a really funny way how I met Ben, man. Like, we were at this party, and Justin, like, yo, I really want you to meet my friend Ben while here. I'm like, all right, sweet. Like, let me know when he gets here. And Ben came rolling around the corner with, like, two girls around his arm. <laughs> and, no. like, I barely even got to talk to him, but I was just listening to him. He's like, yeah, man, I got this uh, the Shopify up, and, like, we're killing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, who is this dude? He just looks like a baller. <laughs> uh, dude, oh my God, you can't do that. People are going to be like, whoa, Ben is so cool. I'm really not that cool. Like one of them was my girlfriend at the time. And the other one is like the roommate who like loved me. And I think she just needed help walking or something. Like, <laughs> No. Yeah, Ben sucks, guys. It's okay. Yeah, I do suck, honestly. I'm, I'm way more lame than I play myself out to be. But I just sit in my room and I work all day. Like... <laughs> Oh, retweet, no, dude. <laughs> but Nick, tell me about the stuff that you were telling me about um, the night you, you and Justin came down to Iowa State when we got all of our bank stuff situated. Tell me that. Tell, tell the audience that stuff because that stuff is insane. And I loved your mindset about kind of your reasoning behind um, what you do, why you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, our conversation got deep really quick out of nowhere. But mm -hmm. so I guess it all starts back to... Um, before I even get into that, it's like why this is going to be why you're like company why and why the you're doing what you're doing for this reason is so absolutely important because any person who ever does something just for money 
you will fail because that's not like a driving force, right? You're going to hit like a brick wall and you're just going to stop because it's easy to stop. So um, getting into that now. So when I was about, I think I was about two or three years old, I had a lot of issues. Like when I was growing up as a kid, like I couldn't understand things very well. I never had like social boundaries and it was really hard for me to develop as just a person. I was really, really far behind everybody. And um, I think it was around three years old. Like I would do some funny shit, dude. It was like, I'd reach across the table and like cut people's paper with some scissors for like no fucking reason whatsoever. <laughs> like I did some whack shit and it was really obvious that I was like, okay, something's like wrong with this dude. He's obviously not a normal kid at this point. But, um, so we, they had me evaluated when I was about three or four and I ended up, uh, came to the conclusion that I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome and Asperger's. So if, uh, you guys know what Tourette syndrome is, it's basically a neurological disorder you're born with. Um, they say it's not fixable and there's no treatment, which is technically true. There is treatment to help you get better at it, but, um, I'll get into that in a little bit. And then Asperger's is a mild form of autism. So it's a really mild form of autism, but you have, you share a lot of the same aspects as them, such as obsessing over a specific thing. A lot of people with Asperger's and, uh, Down syndrome, you'll see that they are like, they're on unhumanly skilled at one specific thing and that's because you it's that obsessive trait that comes with it um it's not that you want to get so good at something that it's insane it's just you your brain will not be satisfied until you know every single thing about that so i was diagnosed with both of those at the time um because i'm 23 now i was born in 1995 at the time they they were telling me that like first of all getting diagnosed with both of those things is extremely uncommon and they definitely were going to play into each other in a negative way because dealing with one's hard enough as it is, it's playing into both was definitely really difficult and it played off each other. But as far as they told me I would have to live with it for the rest of my life and it was never going to go away. It was like something that I'll have a lot of limitations in my life. So from the very like first time I could comprehend what sentences were and understand, I was just being told no off the bat immediately, which was, Definitely something heartbreaking and probably messed me up like mentally really bad when I was a kid because just getting told no all the time you can't do that because of what you're born with. It's a really damaging thing to grow up with. Um, so I struggled a lot during my uh, – I'd say like it started really kicking and it didn't affect me too much until I hit around like when I started getting close to puberty and it, all those chemicals in your brain start to like release and start everything's trying to like figure itself out. And that's when shit really hit me uh, really hard. Like, I don't remember anything. It's so sad to say this. I hate saying this. I just started saying it recently and it's true, but it's really sad is I don't remember anything from under 15 years old. Like not a single thing. I've suppressed so much stuff that it was just so hard to deal with. And I suppressed a lot of it. And it's really damaging because I don't know what the hell is happening, but I hear stories from my mom a lot. Some of them are funny. Some of them are sad, but it hit me when I was 12 really hard. Um, things like vocal tics. Uh, so Tourette's is a lot of impulsive behaviors. It's like it happens before you can think about it or even control it. So vocal tics are really, really big with Tourette's. Um, I hate the stereotype of there is a stupid internet trend of Tourette's guy. If do you remember him, Ben, yeah. did you ever hear about that dude? And where you just started cussing a ton and is that, is yeah. that, are we thinking about the same guy? Yeah, dude, it was so stupid because, so that isn't, that is like a, less than one percent of Tourette's ever diagnosed will be like that like that is the extreme extreme high end and when everybody hears Tourette syndrome they like start making fun of it and like bring up that dude just know as like an, 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's like people that are living with it, it's so like depressing for us to hear that because it's like, dude, the amount of times people joked about it when I was growing up, it's so hurtful. So like know as an audience that that's not what Tourette's is. There's so much more that goes into it. So yeah. like I'll try to give you a few examples of what some of the tics I had because every single case is different and specific in different ways. So like for me, um, and it's hard to explain what a tick is because it's so like involuntary. So for me, like this is really unique. Um, it's not, and this is just for me. I, I've actually never talked with somebody else with Tourette's, which is, I would love to do that. But um, for me, like I used to do this tick, right? I would go like, oh, just, oh, and like make a weird vocal sound. And it wasn't because like it was just happening involuntarily. It was my brain needed to hear a specific pitch to be satisfied and I, I could never explain it better than what I just did. So like I would keep doing that sound until my brain like heard a very, very specific pitch or tone. And then it was like, okay, that's what I wanted to hear. I don't know why the fuck my brain, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's why my brain you know, that makes yeah, sense it's... for you though. Cause you sing a lot, like tones lot, in man. your, in your life. Uh, like this is just like, it, it was funny. So when I, I didn't even know this about Nick for a long time. And for the longest time, we I remember we'd be, like, working together, and then all of a sudden you just break out into music. And to me, I was like, why is he singing? But now it kind of, like, makes sense because, and you've told me this, like, music plays such a huge role in your life. So I'm really not that surprised. And so why, mm-hmm. oh, keep going, keep going, excuse me. I kind of cut you off there. <laughs> oh, you're good, dude. No, 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 it's all good. And I want to explain that, too. So, like, music for... People in general, I want to explain this because not a lot of people know this actually, and especially with Tourette's and neurological disorders. So the reason I like sing, at least I like to think so, is um, I don't have a horrible voice, so that's a plus, and I enjoy doing it. <laughs> you do. But, you, um, you have a beautiful voice, my, my sir. Thanks. <laughs> but so when you when music activates and you start singing, um, this is actually a really cool educational thing is what we're the part of where Tourette's is in your brain is a hundred percent different than where music is and like vocalization sometimes. So when people start singing with Tourette's, it literally like shuts off that part of your brain. So what's causing you to do a lot of those vocal tics and like spasms, it actually shuts off and you can like get a brief moment for whatever you're singing that only that part of your brain is active and you won't have those tics anymore. I remember not too long ago, there's somebody on America's Got Talent he went on there and he had Tourette's his whole life and this went viral. And I was so happy to like see this as part of the, like the Tourette's community. Um, and he was like doing vocal tics on stage, like muscle spasms. And the second he opened his mouth and started singing, everything disappears. So his was extremely active still, but the second you open your mouth and start singing, it activates a different part of your brain and it gives that like harder part of release and it gets to like just shut off completely. So a lot of people with Tourette's, um, at least in my experience, really love music because it gives you that relief. But so a lot of my tics were like that. There's some like muscle tics I had where like I would move my neck like really funny. And um, there's really a lot of them. I don't remember a lot of them either because of like me suppressing them and like being made fun of them or Dude, I had some really hard times. There is a uh, teachers that this is going to sound so sad. And this is like part of the reason I hate our education system, which could be a different talk. Um, but <laughs> there was a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a, um, a specific teacher who he literally like would tell the class that his goal was to make me and like one other student cry. And I actually don't remember this at all because I like suppressed this so much. Yeah, dude, it was really fucked up. His, um, 
oh, I want to name drop him so bad, but I won't. I'll be the bigger person. Um, Damn. but he, he would literally like, he would come over to, I didn't know this either. My mom told me this like about a month and a half ago, but somebody what he would like tell the students in the class. He's like, you see that guys, it only took me two minutes to make him cry this time. And I was like, I don't remember any of this, but apparently like his goal was to make me and one other girl just like cry. And he was tenured. So like the school wouldn't do anything about it. They didn't give a shit. And it's so, so fucked up. And there was some paras there that were helping me and they quit their jobs because of like watching this go down and the school refusing to do stuff. So, um, it was, it was really hard because nobody really understood what you're going through. Nobody really ever will understand it. And it's so hard to put into words, but growing up and having these so like involuntary things that you can't control, it's like vocal muscle. There's just so much going on that you will never be able to control. And I was told my whole life too, when I was growing up with it, that like when I was really young, I was, uh, I want to go in the Marine Corps. And the first time I saw a commercial, right? So it was like this giant sandstorm and all these Marines were like, and there was like gunfire and like bombs going off and it showed it. And then it panned out and there was a bunch of Marines like running towards it. Um, it was so cool. And I was like, oh, this is dope. I want to do this. This is what I want to do. And like the second I said that, I think I was still in. I was either going into middle school. It was my first year going into middle school. So um, the second I said that, every single teacher, adult in my life, they're all like, you can't do that because you have Tourette's. You can't do that because you have Asperger's. Like It was basically just being told no from the second I told them about a dream I had, which obviously exacerbated things even more, right? Yeah. I'm basically not in control of my own life at that point. So. There was things like I couldn't um, go in a car. Like every time we would drive past somebody, I would think like, oh, my God, they have a gun. They're like going to kill it. Like it was just so many things wrong with my brain at once. And uh, it was just really hard to deal with. I wish I remembered more. Um, if you want to understand more about – I was looking for some – more about how it is living with Tourette's, there's a book called Born on the Wrong Planet. And every single thing that kid is saying in that book – is how I felt as a human being. And it's a really, if to think about it deeply, it's a really, really sad book. But for me, it was the only thing in my life where it was like, like my mom used to read it to me. Like, I love my mom. She used to read it with me. And it was a mom of a kid with Tourette's that wrote this book. Damn. And this kid, like, he was, he wanted to kill himself. Like, he didn't have a place in the world. Like, it feels like we don't belong. At least it did. That's a powerful and, um, name for a book. Very powerful. It's insane. It's so insane. And like, if you live through it, it becomes a whole different kind of power. So it's like, it was the only person or a thing in my life that was like, Hey, I have this too. Like you're not alone. And it was the only thing I could relate to. And, uh, so that was really helpful. But as I grew up, um, a lot of these things started developing even more. Like what I said, when I hit puberty, um, I tried to get on, this is kind of where my life took like a downward spiral is I had to start taking pills to go to public school. Cause my mom was like, I, I want, I will homeschool you if you want that. Like, I don't want any problems. Like we can homeschool you and me. Um, I was like, no, fuck that. Like I want to be in front of people. And I had to take upwards of like seven pills every morning dude, just to go to a public school. And it was like such a depressing, like you should have seen it. I would come down in the morning and like, I would have like a handful of pills that I would have to take. It was, it was insane. And like so many people in school were like, why is Nick doing this? Like, why is Nick doing that? Like I come home and my, my siblings would be like, mom, did Nick take his medicine today? Cause like I'd be all over the place. I couldn't think straight. I didn't have personal boundaries, didn't understand social cues. 
and it was like i was just going through it alone but um when you take that many pills and this is why it's really really hard and like it sucks for anybody else in this position that's had to take a lot of pills is they'll start to counteract each other and cause even more side effects right like obviously seven medications isn't yeah. healthy and you're gonna oh, have shit. a lot of a lot of side <laughs> effects so like not only was I dealing with Tourette's and Asperger's, I also started having dealing with like the loss of attention because of like all the pills I was taking. It started causing depression. Like I was on depression medication too. Like it was really difficult. And like that was some parts of my life where I started to like I stopped believing in my own faith. Like I was like, why would there why would a God ever do this to somebody? Like, I don't deserve this. What did I do to deserve this? And um, I remember, like, dude, there was definitely some times where I was like, I don't want to live anymore. I This is, like, the worst possible thing I could ever feel. I don't understand it. And, like, I went through some hard stuff. And um, it wasn't until I got into high school. I don't really know what happened. I, I wish I could remember because it was still on that barrier of, like, me suppressing a lot of stuff. All I remember, and this is the only thing I didn't suppress right away, is – there was just one day, like I told, I think I was getting into high school and I told one of the teachers what I want to do. Oh, it was, it was my Dean. And he goes, Oh, you can't do that. And I like in my head, I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I can do whatever I want to. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not like, really, I've heard you say that like plenty of times where we're like, I don't know if we could do this. And you're like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, we can. Like, I totally see that in your personality, just like how you are today. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Anyways, continue, continue. Your story's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <man>. So <laughs> I kind of just started telling everybody, like anybody that said I had some I had some behavioral issues in high school because I would start telling people, I'm like, I can do whatever I want. And like they're like, No, you can't. I'm like, no, fuck you. Like, watch me. And I remember to this day, like, um, when I ended up, I did get in the Marine Corps and um I came back to that dean and I came back to that teacher who like was just I had a teacher that was physically abusive to me dude like uh he he one time like dragged me out of the classroom by my neck like he grabbed me by the neck pulled me out of my chair and like dragged me out of the classroom This is in high school? This was in middle school. That part was in middle school. Gotcha. And dude, I can never tell you. They always say like it's I, I don't consider it revenge. I think it was success is the best revenge because I came back to that school and we're doing like a Marine Corps pull up challenge in the auditorium. And I made eye contact with that dude. And I've never seen an adult look so scared in my life. He put his head down so fucking fast. And like, there's a couple of dudes that I graduated boot camp with. And they were like, yo, you good? Like, you just turned red. Like, you're about to murder somebody. And I had to like walk off. But it was like, I so badly wanted to be like, fuck you. I told you I could do it, and I'm going to shove it in your face now. And I, I got to do that to this teacher and to my dean. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Because I think people – that's a huge motivator. I get a lot of – lately, a lot of people have been, like, direct messaging me and being like, yo, I see you doing all this stuff. Like, that's really dope. These are the things I want to do. I'm just scared because of this, this, and this. And a lot of it is, like, people being like, oh, this person, like, is shitting on my photography or this person is, like, telling me I can't do it. I'm like, fuck, use that as motivation. Like, yeah, stick dude. it to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, dude, that's insane. I love it. <laughs> I, want, I definitely want to talk to you. I think we need to do like 80 podcasts together because I don't think we're going to touch on everything that is interesting about you in this one podcast because your Marine yeah. stories, I don't know how many of them you can like tell on a on a podcast, but like, <laughs> I definitely want to hear your experience with the Marines because, or excuse me, I've heard most of it. I want to share your experience with the Marines because 
Like that's, that's absolutely insane. But the one thing I did want to highlight, kind of go back to, um, I remember you were telling me like, cause you were on those seven pills. And when you said like, fuck you to that Dean, what did you do from there? Because that is probably the most insane thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I think that decision right there has really defined, not like defined, but it's really led you to the person that you are today. Yeah. hundred percent agree, man. I appreciate you like having that insight too. Um, so this is where I don't care who you are. Fuck you. If you try to say mind over matter is not real. Cause I'm literally living proof of this. And I'm going to explain why in a second. So, um, it is a neurological disorder, meaning that it is literally wired into your brain. It is a connection that is misconnected. The only way you should be able to fix that is by literally having surgery to replace. And I don't even think that's even a possibility medical wise. I don't think it's a real thing. So, every so i decided like that one day i'm like fuck everybody dude like fuck the adults like fuck anybody that said i can't do it i'm gonna do it and nobody can stop me um and just that one day and i'm telling you guys like you take a conscious switch and it can't be like you trying to fake yourself into it fake it till you make it it has its place and time but not in your like fucking life and your goals guys if you it you're it will only manifest itself if you literally fully believe it you can't fake yourself out you can't be like yeah i totally believe this i can do it that's bullshit like fucking do it say you're gonna do it know you can do it and then shit will start to change so i told myself like fuck this dude like i don't need these pills i can do this on my own so the first day i did it i threw away one of my pills and i kind of just waited to see what was going to happen so i was in school and i noticed like a lot of my neck twitches were starting to come up that hadn't been there in a little bit or at least a lot more mild and um so what i would do is i would take a hundred percent of my focus and only focus it on suppressing those ticks like i am not gonna move my fucking head or my neck like i'm gonna sit still for this whole damn day and my so i would do that right now do it one by one but i could tell my mom knew exactly what was happening because i would come home like what well, you get out of school here it was like 2 37 p.m you're done with school i would come home and like i would either break down crying or I would just be so, so physically exhausted. Like I would hit the floor. I slept on our wood floor in the entryway, like hundreds of times, dude, I would walk in the door and it'd be so physically exhausted that I would just pass out because it is so hard to do that. And for anybody that like doesn't understand is for me to put suppress a tick, it's not me like just doing it every once in a while. It's a hundred percent of my entire life, like subconsciously whatever effort I have is being put towards suppressing those ticks. So it's, it's more mentally exhausting than me going on like a 10 mile run. So like I get tired at like five or 6 PM every single day. Like I'll start feeling exhausted when I get really close to the end of the night. Like some of my ticks will show themselves. Like, um, I think Ben, you said you could, you notice someone like my eye ticks, like I'll yep. blink a little weird or like, I'll do some funny stuff with my eyes. Those are usually the first ones to come out. Mm -hmm. and I think I've done a good job at doing keeping hold of it because those are usually the only ones that come out if I ever have a vocal tick happen which does happen every once in a while like re occasionally I know something's wrong with like my actual self being like something's stressing me out to the point where I need to take a step back from things and just reevaluate what I'm doing and calm down but so when I would throw these pills away um, I would just slowly handle every single thing that came up until I was down to, I think I had like five or four pills left. And my mom started, uh, she, first of all, she noticed that I was so damn exhausted. 
and then she also noticed she found some of the pills and i thank god for having the parents that i did i know my dad um he does not show his emotions well and he struggled really hard with it i'm sure i know both of my parents did but i think it was harder on my dad than my mom and they both love me so much. I couldn't be the more thankful for the parents I have. But my mom and my dad and my siblings, they were all supportive of me trying to do this. And it was really cool. So I eventually, I'll kind of skip ahead a little bit because, like, it just went throughout my high school years. I, like, started improving my grades because, like, dude, it was bad. I was at, like, a, a 1.9 or something because of how hard it was for me to learn. And, like, so many teachers just give up on students that can't learn. And, again, yeah. that's, like, dipping into educational system again. But – it's just really depressing, man. Like, it's not how I learned, and it's not how anybody learns. There's no specific way that you should teach somebody. And I remember the teachers, dude. Like, shout out to Mr. Dirks. He was my math teacher, one of the only teachers um, in high school that would, like, consciously go out of his way. He's like, Nick, like, stay after class. Like, let's let's do this together. Like, he was there for me. And I was, like, so I, – I, I was almost more excited to show him that I made it than anybody, even, like, my family, like – I went to him on that on the after we graduated high school and like I saw a bunch of the students that were in a year before me. They were like, damn, look at Goldberg like showing up in his dress blues and shit. And um, <laughs> I saw my math teacher in the gym and like I walked up to him and like, dude, I almost started crying. Like I like tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, Mr. Dirt. And he's like, he looked, I could tell he didn't know who I was at first because like in and um dude, this is funny. This is gonna be funny. When I was in high school, I had like a Jew fro. It was I had Did a, you really? Uh, yeah, dude, it was like... <laughs> Yo, I need to see that. It was that. funny. I know, I'll send you some pictures, dude. It was funny, but he didn't recognize because I had a shaved head. They shaved everyone's head in boot camp. And, like, it took him a second, but, like, dude, the look of joy that came over his face when he saw me, and, like, it was almost like a smirk. Like, he's like, I told you you could do it. Like, I knew you could do it. I love and, like, that. dude, I, I almost started crying in the gym there. I was trying so hard not to, but, like, it's teachers like him that make the biggest, biggest difference. And I low-key almost wanted to get into teaching just because, like, you just need that one person in your life. doesn't matter how many people are hating on you, tell you you can't do it. You just need one person to be like, I, I believe in you, dude. Like, I believe in you. I'll help you out. And it makes the biggest difference, which is why, like, entrepreneurship and mentorship is so important to me because you can be that one person in someone's life. And it makes the biggest difference. I'm saying that from experience, dude. Like, yeah. if I didn't have that, the people in the support system I had, I wouldn't be anywhere in my life. Like, I would be a fucking bum. It would be horrible. And um, so I finally made it out of high school. It was my senior year. I brought my GPA up from, like, a 1.7 or, like, 8 or 9. And I brought it up so much, dude. Like, I think I ended around a 3, which is, like, nearly fucking impossible. I aced everything, or I was at least trying my best to. And um, I finally ended up making it in the Marine Corps after that. And low-key, hoping I'll get in trouble because they don't know I had Tourette's or Asperger's. And I could probably get in trouble for that. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck no, dude. They would never. Imagine giving someone, like, it, someone that's not educated on Tourette's, right? Imagine mm. they're like, oh, let's go give that dude that has ticks a loaded rifle and send uh, him into true. a battle. That's right? true. So, the only way, um, I won't say my recruiter's name because he definitely pulled some strings, but... He uh, he was like, I told him, dude. So this is also a really, really cool fucking story. I worked my entire life to finally get to the point where it was like, I was like, I can, I think I can like pull off hiding this stuff and get into the military. 
And it wasn't to a fact, like, I felt safe about it. I wasn't going to, like, I never had any, like, hand twitches or anything. I knew for a fact I could contain myself in the Marine Corps and not have any problems that would cause anybody any, like, damage. Yeah. But I remember, like, I chickened out, dude. Like, I went to the Marine Corps office. I looked at it, and I, like, backed down. I was like, I'm not good enough for this. Um because, like, I don't care what people say. Like, I'm obviously biased. In the military, we always make fun of each other and say, like, our branch is the best, blah, blah, blah. Um, one thing that I don't think is an opinion is Marine Corps holds themselves to the highest standard ever, dude. Like, it is so unbelievably crazy. I could meet when I was in there. Like, I would have met an 18-year-old that came from Alaska, and I would have died for him that day. Like, it's it's unbelievable the brothership and bond you make in the Marine Corps. Yeah. And it was almost intimidating. So it was like, I worked my whole life to get to this point. Now I'm here and I don't think I deserve it. Like, so I ended up, um, no, no trash to the army, but <laughs> I was like, I went over, I went over to the army recruiting station anyways. I'm like, I'll just settle for this. Like, I'm not good enough for the Marines. So I'll settle for this. <laughs> and, um, it went all the way down to, I was getting ready for MEPS, which is like where you go get your physical and like see if you're approved for the military. And this is like the only time I'm sure, like, have you heard people say like, I heard God's voice and like, he talked to me. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Every once in a while. <laughs> I mean like, yeah, like I'll hear people say that and I'm like, that's such a weird thing to say. But to this day, like, I don't know who I would credit it to, but there is a voice inside my head. Like I just got out of the army recruiting office. I signed up for my ASVAB. I was ready to get shipped off to MEPS and get signed in for basic training. And like, as I came out, cause like the Marine office and the army office are right next to each other where I am. Yeah. And as I was walking to my car, like I, I swear to God, dude, like I heard a voice and it was like, go to the Marine office. And like, I remember like turning back around. I like, I looked at it and I'm like, why do I want to go there right now? Like I'm set, like I'm ready to go in a month. And it was like, I just kept hearing, it's like, go in there, go in there, go in there. And like, I find like, I don't know what happened, but I was just like, fuck, I'm not even like controlling myself anymore. I'm just walking towards it now. So I want to give you like a layout of what it looked like. So when I went into the army recruiting office and I'm not exaggerating because I'm a Marine, like this is literally what it was. Nobody gave a fuck that they were there, dude. It was so depressing. And it was like, I have to be a part of this. This is not how all army recruiting stations are. It was just these guys. For sure. But I walked in there and these dudes had their feet up on their tables, like just yelling and like fucking around. And then they like, um, they were playing like video games and Xbox and shit. And it was like, nobody cared that they were what they are. And it was like, damn, I guess this is what I'm settling for. And then I walked into the Marine Corps office after finally like hearing that voice 80 times. And I opened the door and it was one person with his dress blues on doing paperwork. And it was the most like motivational thing I've ever stepped foot in. It was so insane that it was like, it looked like a movie dude. Like he like slowly lifted his head up and just looked at me from like doing this paperwork. And he's like, what's going on son. And I was like, this is where I need to fucking be. Like, this is what I worked for. And um, that's kind of just a story of how like I ended up going towards it. And it was definitely, I don't know who to credit it to, dude. I remember to this day, like I heard a voice in my head and it was like, go to the Marine office. That's what you should be doing. And it was insane. Like just walking in there and like feeling so different. So that's a really cool um, story about how I got in the Marines. No, that's awesome. And uh, that's just an incredible story too. Cause you like, I love how you said that you're like, this is what I work for. Like I deserve this. Cause you did like you're, I mean, when you told me that, that you had Tourette's and um, Asperger's, I seriously, like, I thought you were joking with me or something. Like, I thought you were just, like, pulling my string. 
I, I was like, there's, you're lying. And you're like, no, like seriously, because if you met, if you, if you guys met Nick in person, like he's it, just an incredible human being. So he, you would never guess that he had these, especially with, and this kind of might transition into our kind of next topic, especially with how good he is talking to people. Um, Nick is the most incredible person when it comes to, um, connecting with people when it comes to honestly, just connecting with, um, people who bring a lot of value. And that's kind of one thing I wanted to bring up. So this is going to turn into more of like an entrepreneurship side of thing is talking about networking, especially with Nick is probably one of the best networkers I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and he has this background of having Tourette's and having, um, Asperger's how, you know, talk about that in terms of like, well, one thing about I've always wanted to ask you, and I waited till my podcast to ask you about this is, do you ever get nervous anymore? Like talking, talking to people because you talk to so many people, uh, Nick probably does most of the, uh, like the public relations of Validus or excuse me, our marketing agency. Wouldn't you agree, Nick? Like you yeah. talk to most of the clients and things like that. Do you still get nervous or anything like that? Like, even when I was talking today, we were talking about hopping on a phone call to probably be my first, like actual reach out to a potential client phone call. Like I was nervous and I talked to a lot of people. I think I'm a very personable person, but I, I was nervous. And Nick, I just feel like you don't have that. And the fact that you have this background of having these things that blows my mind. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. And it's something that I really pride myself on. Um, can you still hear me? My headphones died. Yeah, for sure. I can still hear you. You sound, yeah, I mean, the mic just sounds a little, a little, like it's a laptop mic, but I think it should be okay. Okay. I'm going to lift it up just a little bit, but for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So one thing to know about Asperger's too. So there's, I like to always say there are positive and negatives to anything and I don't care what you say. It's true. If you don't think there's a positive and negative to everything, you are just a very close minded person. Like I can't think of a situation, like even if your parents died, like, the amount of strength you're going to build up through making it through something like that is so valuable as a character builder. Mm. So there always is a plus side. So one thing with Asperger's that people don't know and that I can actually use to as an advantage is like I talked about earlier with the obsessive. So there is a big difference between liking things neat and having actual obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and I was diagnosed with that as well. And like mine was to the extreme of, and to this day, this is one thing I cannot shake is I feel, and I can't shake this feeling. I feel like there's a string attached to my back at all times. So if I get out of my car and I turn left and then shut my door, I literally have to turn back around right to feel like I'm untangling the string. Does that make sense? No way. I had no idea. Yeah, dude. So like I'll do some weird shit sometimes. So like I'll make sure to go around the counter the same way I came. But here's what's really cool is there's something called the red line theory. And it's a theory um, in science where every single thing is connected by a line. Everything in the universe is like it has its own line and creates it. And what I think is so fucking interesting about that is the people like me who have this hyper ability that other people's don't other people don't have and you can't sense the things that we can is like i think it's fucking sick that i felt like there was a line attached to me and then i just heard about this red line theory this year like to me that is such a cool coincidence <laughs> like to have that and yeah. like never tangle your line and like keep it straight 
it's an to me that's such a cool theory and like for my mind like it made sense of the two things but um i'm getting kind of sidetracked sorry (laughs) so with the reason i'm so good with um people is it sounds dumb but people with asperger's have a sixth sense kind of thing we can like sense at least myself i can sense emotions um, kind of before they'll happen or like I can just read them way way better and I know how to handle situations a little bit better so for me like one of the best things about having Asperger's is I can uh, I can learn faster or at least more dedicated than anybody I've ever met because my brain doesn't just like oh let's learn a couple of things it's we are going to fucking master this and I'm not going to let you stop until I am satisfied that's what, like what my brain does to oh my me God. so yo I just want to in- input if you guys think he's joking about this, he's not. Like, this man, <laughs> literally anything we ever do in our business, it's like, Nick isn't like, oh, yeah, let's just, like, dip our fingers and toes in it. Nick goes, he goes into, like, Facebook ad groups and posts in every single one of them. He Google searches everything. He asks, 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 asks everybody, <laughs> he asks everybody he knows, like, yo, do you know about blah, 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 blah. Like, Nick is a hundred percent like that where he's not just like oh yeah like let's just see if i can learn something nick is like i'm gonna learn something or i'm gonna die trying that's literally yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyways continue i had to input that because it's so yeah man it's definitely a blessing or a curse like i remember there was one point where i got obsessed with rubik's cubes i'm like i don't know how the fuck to solve this but i'm gonna figure it out and um i solved one i can solve one to this day uh my record was 50 seconds i solved a completely mixed up one and it was like, it's, that's just how my brain works. So I will never be happy until I am so well versed in something that my brain is finally like, I can relax a little bit. So, um, I did that, but last year I took a step into human psychology and emotional training, neuro-linguistic programming, like all of it. And it literally an entire year, you guys don't understand, like Ben explained, unless you know me, you won't get it. When I say an entire year of dedicated to learning this stuff, it was non-stop, non-stop. I learned about how communication works, the different things that are ingrained in our brain from the day we're born, because there's eight of them that you cannot shake, no matter what, you can appeal to those eight things. It is like so much in depth. So I kind of leveraged that to start getting connected. And um, my mentor, shout out Brett Knudsen, go look him up, guys. That's my boy. Um, so he was definitely a huge helping point in that because he recommended me, and if you have not read this, I am ashamed of you, but you need to go read How to Win Friends and Influence People because that book changed my life. Bro, you're going to stab now, me because I have the book. I just haven't started it yet, but you also didn't read Cashvertising until- I'm reading it right now. I know, but I told you multiple times. I was like, bro, you got to read this. It's going to change your right. life. And you're like, ah. Right. And then that, who was the guy? The guy that ran ran a ton of money in Facebook ads was like, yeah, Nick, you should read this. Nick Fisher. Nick Fisher. That's who it was. I was like, I was like, bro, I've been telling you like, <laughs> no, I totally feel you. I need to read that book so much, especially with what you're going to, you're about to tell people. Anyways, continue, oh, yeah. continue, continue. <laughs> so I'm going to give you guys the very first step into networking. And it's going to be the hardest step for some of you you've ever done. Um, And it is saying goodbye to your best friends. You need to get rid of them if they don't match your goals. I just um, brought someone in to a group of mine, Ben, and our uh, partner, Justin's. And this dude DM'd me and he was like, yo, if I tried to like talk to my friends about that, they'd make fun of me and like laugh in my face. I wish I had a support system like that. Like those are not friends. 
fuck those people. So here's what you need to do. This was my very first step into entrepreneurship when I decided, like, this is what I'm going to do. I decided that my best friend of like eight, 10 years, like I grew up with this dude. I love this dude as a brother. And just because I'm saying I cut him out does not mean I don't feel any of those still. It just means like I needed to make room for people that were doing the same thing I am. So it's going to be one of the hardest things you guys do. But the first thing you need to do is look at your friend group. Honestly, don't do that stupid shit where it's like, well, they kind of like get me and they're just really nice to me. That's It's bullshit. Those aren't friends. If like you need to be, so there's, um, I think it was Jim Rohn, who is a, un- he's the guy that mentored the person that wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. Jim Rohn said, you are the equivalent of the five people you spend the most time with. So if those friends, as stupid as this sounds, but this is the commitment you have to make. If your friends are going out on the weekends and drinking, or they're like using their free time to watch Netflix or like chill, like you need better people. You need people like me who are going to be able to be like, hey, you want to come out tonight? It's like, nah, I'm going to read this book that I don't fucking want to and then write this like business plan that I don't fucking want to, but I know it's going to be good for me as a person and get me towards my goals. Those are the people you need to surround yourself with. And here's proof of why that works, right? I moved out of the state dead ass. Like I was like, if nothing around you changes, change what's around you. That is fact. So I'm like, I can't do this here. I need to leave. I moved to Missouri with my wonderful girlfriend, Haley. She came with me and, um, I started just going to school there. I got my head clear and I was going for cybersecurity. And when I started coming back for the summer, I started looking around. I'm like, who actually like is trying to do the things that I'm doing? Who wants to like get into entrepreneurship? Who's a really positive person? And I met my friend Jordan Day. Um, I started talking with him. And then because of what I was doing and because Jordan was just trying to help other people, he was like, dude, if you're trying to make an app, because I had an app idea, he's like, I have somebody who built an app successfully. I really think you should meet him. And I didn't know how serious this person was, but I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So the first time that I brought in somebody new to my life that was trying to better themselves, it was like, bam, the first time I did it, something cool happened and it was a useful thing. So I met my mentor, Brett Knudsen. He has a social platform called Hive Social. It was worth $20 million when I first met him, but I didn't know any of this, right? So I just went to this dude and I'm like, oh, he built an app, cool. <laughs> You're like- and um, I didn't even know until after that he was this serious of an entrepreneur. I like after our first meeting, had no idea. It wasn't until like the third or second time meeting him um, that I found out what he did. And I was like, holy shit, I've been sitting down with a multimillionaire, 25 year old. And I had no idea, but he basically told me like, and this just shows again, like who pe- people are so clear their intentions, right? If someone tells you like, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, nothing. You want to come like work on this project. You're like brainstorm or like try to like review something on our goals. Like that's someone you want to be around. If they're like, yeah, you want to go grab a, grab a drink or something. You're wasting your time. The first thing Brett told me to do in my spare time was read a book. That was the first person in my life that ever told me, hey, you got some free time. You should go read a book like in a serious way. And I read How to Win Friends and Influence People. And then he wanted to meet a second time. So when I came back to meet him, he was like, what have you been up to? And I'm like, I read the book you wanted me to. That was it. That was like a click in Brett's head where he's like, this guy actually listened to what I said. And then I think that same week I got a call and he was like, hey, man. I want to give you a shot. I want to start a new business. Um, it was called Metaphone. 
And he's like, I want to give you a shot because I think you would be good for like entrepreneurship life. You like, you listened, you have a good drive. Like I want to give you a shot, but it was all because he was testing me. I didn't even know. So he tells somebody when he first used to meet somebody, he would tell them like, Hey, like do this, this will really help you. And if you didn't do that by the second time he meets with you, he would never meet with you again. Cause it's just a waste of time. Right? Like something so simple as reading a book. If you didn't read a book, like how would you make a business decision, dude? Like that's yeah. crazy. So <laughs> did you do that to me? Maybe. Oh my God, bro. I'm scared. <laughs> no. My whole, I'm, I'm trying to like evaluate. I was like, did he tell me to do something? Like, have I done it? <laughs> I definitely did. I won't say what I did. Cause so something I do in my life is I constantly keep evaluating not only myself, but the people in my life. Um, and the only people I keep in my life are the ones that are consistently showing me like, not that they, not that they deserve to be in my life. That's not the right word, but like, I deserve to be around them because they're doing the same things and they want the same things. Like I remember um, our first few phone calls, Ben, like you were borderline, like you didn't know what you wanted to do. And then there was yeah, one specific no. phone call we had where I was like, this is it. Like, this is the guy, I, this is the one I want. And it ended up working out, but yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, it's just crazy. Cause I'm always testing people. I never tell them that I'm testing them. Brett to this day tests me a lot um low-key super low-key because i'll like read something that he recommends like a month down the road and i'll be like oh that bitch he was testing me i <laughs> just learned about this <laughs> <laughs> oh that bitch <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope brett listens to this he's like damn it he's giving away my secrets like <laughs> <laughs> i'm not giving away too much it's fine uh it's just a better way for you guys to evaluate who's in your life like take it from somebody like brett He's accomplished so, so much already. He's not like he is young. I don't care what he says, but he's young, dude. He's like, I think he's 27, 28. This dude has accomplished so, so much. The people he knows, like he's had lunches and his friends with Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple. Like that's insane. And like out of Minnesota too, like this place sucks. There's not, <laughs> there's Yo, not I a lot of entrepreneurs. You're not in Iowa. Like, what are you talking? What do you mean, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so. It's hard to get networked like that, especially when you're living here. So, bro, it, the internet though, like people don't. I, the one thing I've always wanted to tweet this, but I feel like I'm gonna really offend people. I'm. I want to tweet something like, uh, "Y'all are really still using social media? Complain when other people are using it to build connections and make money." Like, yeah. To me, the fact that like I literally, like I start off my career like building a a clothing company through Instagram, like. People should should see the potential of social media of that rather than like, oh, let me just like post this picture so my ex will see it. Or let me just like post this sad thing so like people will, you know, like comment nice things to me. You know, like that's not what to me, like that's not what social media should be used for. Like it should be used to like build you as a person and like help you accomplish your goals. And one of those is like literally just I've made so many connections direct messaging people a lot of the people who will be on my podcast it's literally just me, me being like yo man i have an amateur podcast but like i'd really love to have you on you're a dope dude like let me know what i can do to help you you know like just things like that and the fact that more people don't do that it makes me want to put my head through a wall it really does yeah but i mean here's the thing it just shows it just shows you that like it's who you're around like if you're around somebody and you tell them something like that and they actually utilize that knowledge, it shows you that that's a good person to be around. Like yep. I am, I'm a little bit ahead in entrepreneurship and Ben, it, you know what I mean by that is like, I've had more like starting a business experience, but here's the I thing, agree. dude, like 
once a day, Ben says some shit that I'm like, damn, I, I should do that. Like, the day you guys think that you're better than somebody is the day you fucking failed. Because, like, I could meet somebody that started entrepreneurship yesterday that doesn't that knows way more than I do. And I will actively sit down and learn from that dude. Like, learn from everybody. You don't know shit. Everybody knows more than you about something. So just listen to people. So um, I'll try to dip back into networking because I got hella sidetracked. But I got yeah. some good lessons. Okay, in, so it's well, cool. here's the thing. We have, we're at 47 minutes. I want to try to keep these under an hour. That's the hard part. Okay. So... Damn, you have so much more to say about networking, too. I already know. This has been an incredible, incredible podcast. The problem is I want to... Well, I always You ask I... what you want, I won't get sidetracked anymore. I'll stay on top. No, no, no. I love. I honestly love it more when it's sidetracked. I just feel like, you know, me personally, I don't really listen to podcasts that are over an hour, you know? Yep. So... But I, I honestly think there should be, like, a podcast with Nicholas Goldberg 1 all the way through, like... 80 because i truly <laughs> think we could literally just go on for hours and hours 100 percent oh Agreed. my god so okay i guess because every single podcast with like the way i end it is always asking like what would you recommend to somebody who like you know in your case who wants to get into entrepreneurship doesn't know where to start i feel like you kind of answered that a little bit with the whole networking thing in terms of you know cutting out some of your best friends things like that mm -hmm. so I want to ask that same question, but like almost like what skill would you go for other than networking first? Or like, where would you start? Would you start by reading books such as like, I have a bunch of books that I would recommend to people such as cash advertising. I'm reading yeah. can't hurt me, which came up on my last podcast and I'm already like four hours into the audio book and it's nuts. Like, would you recommend that? Would you recommend buying a course? Cause I know we have a couple of courses that we've used for our business that have been extremely incredible shout out to nate schmidt bdsc yeah love that oh, man. um what i kind of want to hear that and then the second part of that is i i like to have like the guest ask a question to the audience and this is just a good way like they can tweet it at us they can dm it to us um it's just a good way to kind of get the audience involved and get their input on any question that you have yeah absolutely awesome so i'll start off by doing the what should be like what what do you do to get started like I said, I don't have to reiterate it. Who you're around is your biggest step forward. Do that. Get rid of your best friend if they're not doing what you're doing. Not not that, but like if they're not constantly encouraging you, yeah. be like, hey, I believe in you. Like, get rid of them. You need the five people in your life. Doesn't have to be five right away, but get people in your life that'll encourage you. My next step is stop looking at fucking money. Stop it. Stop thinking. Oh, if I do Shopify, I can make, and I'm saying this because I did this myself. And oh, I've done it too. Yeah. And it fucked me up because I'm like, how can I make the most money? And it sucks because you never will succeed trying to think like that. Yep. Um, so do what, and this is such a stupid cliche thing to say, but it's so true and nobody listens to it, dude. It makes me so upset. Do what you fucking love. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you've talked to, who that like your boss said it's a good, like, fuck that. If you like making music, fucking make music. Yeah. If you like making shoes, like make some fucking shoes, dude. Like just do what you love because if you're chasing money, you will hit something like Eric Thomas. Shout out Eric Thomas. I love that man. Yes. And Inky Johnson. Inky Johnson's an awesome story too that Eric Thomas had on. But they talk about it is 
absolutely nothing for you to give up if you don't have a driving force, right? If you're not doing something that you love, it is easy as fuck to give up. It is so simple because here's your thought process. It's like, damn, this is hard, but I don't care too much about it. So I'm just going to give up. That's what's going to happen. If money is your motivator, you will fail. But guess what? My passion was marketing. My passion was getting absolutely like, I want to be the best in the world at it. And I'm going to be one of the best in the fucking world at marketing. And here's the thing. When it starts getting fucking rough and it gets hard, I have that motivation factor to be like, I'm going to push through this. So you need to do one of two things. Find your why as a person and find your business why. Your why as a person should be, why am I special? Like, what is making me stand out? What did you go through to make you want this so bad? I don't care who you are. Like, I hate when someone's like, damn, your story is way better than mine. That's fucking bullshit, dude. Like, everybody has gone through their own struggles and their own pain. Use it. Just use it to motivate you. So find your personal why. My why? My mom and dad gave up everything for me when I was a kid, dude. It is time that I pay them back. That's my fucking why. I can't imagine what trying to raise me as a kid was like. Like, that shit was hard. I... I I have a 50% chance of giving Tourette's to my kid and it scares the shit out of me. But if it makes them, if I can do half the shit my parents did for me, I'll be happy. But just do something and use something that actually drives you to do what you do. So find your personal why. Number two, find your business why. There are like 10 million marketers out there, right? So we have to find our own way to stand out. And we did that. We built our own specific system to stand out from people, to get them actual results and not just throw shit at a wall and hope it sticks. Like you need your two whys. So find that out. And the easiest way to after that, so you do your group of friends, you find your two whys. The last thing you should do is find what you love. Do what you love. I don't care if there's a billion famous guitar players. If you love guitar and you spend every second of your free time, every second practicing guitar, you will be better than anybody else that took any kind of break, even for a little bit, right? You're committing all of your time. Now, there's also this big misbelief in entrepreneurship where it's like, you can literally be successful at anything you want. That's also not 100% true. I know some people don't want to hear that, but it's reality. And I'm trying to save you from making the mistakes I made. Make sure it's a realistic goal. Obviously, you can't go in your backyard and start fucking flying. That doesn't work. <laughs> like, make it a realistic goal and make it something you're passionate about. Hey, it's not hard mean? to do. I, I do we live in a world. Saturday. Yeah. Oh, Saturday. yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just kidding. Go, go, go. We, we live in a world where there is so much endless opportunity, guys. Like, if, if our parents, whoever's listening, I don't know your age demographic, how old you are, but if our parents had the technology we did today, I can't imagine what would have been done. So why are we wasting it, right? Get your ass off your butt. Go on Instagram. DM 100 people a day. And I know it sucks because I literally did that for like a month and it sucks. Yeah. But it got us sales and results. Just do it. You're not going to like everything. It is going to suck dick. Like (laughs) so many – like don't fall for that stupid impression of entrepreneurship is the best thing ever and like money is going to be flying out of like the walls and you're going to be rich as hell. Like – there's such a false narrative of entrepreneurship and it's all because of the stupid fake gurus of entrepreneurship that that's all they show. No, you are going to like, you might even fucking cry some nights. I know I have, yeah. like it's oh a struggle, God. man. 
you have to be mentally unstable to be an entrepreneur. It's not a safe thing. It is very unsafe. You don't know where things are coming from. But guess what? I love it. I love uncertainty. I can never live in a habit of doing the same thing every day. I would hate my life. So if that's you and you're like me and Ben and Justin, like, then this might be for you. But just know you're going to hit 100 losses before you hit one single win. But that one single win might be so fucking awesome that will outweigh 10,000 losses because that's entrepreneurship. You lose all the time. You, it's just a, it's a, a fact. So you don't lose, you learn. Exactly, dude. Like no matter what happens in a bad way, I learn from it. And it's a choice you have to choose to make. It can't be like, well, it still sucks because this happened. Like be like, all right, shit, what is the lesson in this? How can I improve my system so it doesn't happen again? What can I do? That's how you start to succeed. So this is what I would do, guys. Change your group of friends. Make a fucking killer team. To quote uh, Jaden Gross, don't try to be Superman. Build a Justice League. Build a great team around you. Second, find your why. If it's money, I don't care if you try to convince yourself it's not. It's not hard to tell what someone's motivation is. If it's money, you're fucked. You're not going to succeed. Find a good why. Number three, find the thing you're passionate about and find out how to make it happen. Do not do this stupid thing where people are like, um, it's like, well, I don't know enough about the subject yet, so I don't want to dive in. Like, There's never going to be enough time. You will never know enough about the subject because everything we do on a daily basis changes. It'll never be the same. Jared Getz, who is, he had the second fastest growing Shopify in the world behind Kylie Jenner. Um, he had no, and he basically made drop shipping, guys. Like he was the first one to bring those, um, those stupid roller things. You stand on them, the electric the, boards. The hoverboards. Yeah. He brought those to the US market, dude. He also brought those inflatable like couch things that you like, whip it it's like a big inflatable thing and it turns into a couch on the beach and you can lay on he brought those he says it in every interview he's like i had no idea what i was doing i just started doing something because if you start doing something you now either have something to correct or you can take another step forward there is no downside to taking that first step so don't hesitate damn that was i feel like it just has to be silent for a second so everybody can take that in because that was fucking incredible <laughs> Okay, uh, you got like three minutes. Ask your question, my man. Throw it in there. I mean, I, it doesn't have to be exactly three minutes. I just like to try to keep this around an hour. So go. Throw that. Throw, you have a question? Yeah, awesome. I would. I want to ask people because I always wanted this myself. Like, what is the number one thing holding you guys back? Like, I want to know because there's a lot of things that could go wrong. It's just a couple that need to go right. But is it like, is it your parents aren't supportive of your choice? Is it like you don't have enough money to do it? Is it like you don't have a good group around you or support system? What is it? Like what's holding you guys back from taking this step? I just want to know that because if I can start answering that question and Ben and I can like work together to solve that problem, we can build such a cool, supportive community of entrepreneurs, right? No more entrepreneurs. Stop bragging about the shit you don't have or you're working on like, just make it happen, dude. Like take that first step so you can actually be proud of what you're doing. So what is holding you back? That is my question for you guys. I love, I love that question. I love that so much. Nick is so true. And tweet those at us. Um, if you're, if you're listening to this right now, go follow Nick. It, your ad is like at Nicholas.Goldberg, right? That is correct. Yep. Go check him out. Do you want me to plug your Twitter too? Is that something you're trying to grow? 
Nah, nah, I don't really do Twitter Instagram. too much. Cool, cool. Follow us, <laughs> follow, follow us on Insta. Yeah, follow us on Instagram or Twitter, just at Sarvi Studios straight. Um, you can DM us, comment, whatever. Um, I do want to say, because Nick brought it up, we do have an accountability group. If you've gotten this far, I want you a part of it. Like, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, like, you yeah. clearly want to better yourself. We have a Telegram group where every night at 9 p.m., we throw in one thing that we did really well that day and one thing that we could have improved on. And it's just a great place. Like it's all literally it's in the rules. Like you have to be positive or you're getting kicked out of the group. It's a great place to really evaluate what you did that day, what you could have done better, what you did do really well. And then people are giving you advice. And in my opinion, I think the entrepreneurs and people that are in there are very high quality, especially like Brian, you know, those are great people in there that will give you great tips on what you can do to help you improve that one thing that you did bad that day. So thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. Once again, we'll have these every Monday, every single week. Nicholas, thank you again for being on. Go follow Nick. He's uh, my buddy. Definitely expect him to be on again. We have a lot more that he can talk about, a lot more value that he can bring you guys. But once again, thank you guys. Have a great day. What is up, Serby Studios podcast? Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. It really means the world to me that you guys got this far. If you enjoyed it, please, please, please share it with a friend, whether that's text it to them post it on your Instagram story, post it on your Snapchat story, whatever it is, it would mean the world to me if you guys could share it with other people. Tune in for next week's episode. I'm going to be interviewing my buddy Tegan. He is a designer. He designs logos, does branding, website design. He's also worked for a company that was valued at eight or nine figures or something like that and then ended up actually completely failing. Talks about his mindset with that. Talks about auras and synesthesia. If you know what that is, it's a super dope topic. So once again, that'll be out next Monday. Sarby Studios podcasts every Monday as of now. Feel free, tweet or DM us if you guys have any questions, and I hope to see you next week.